Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Two Cyber Chicks podcast. You're about to join Erica and Jax for an inclusive cybersecurity conversation designed to educate and break the stereotypes of cybersecurity professionals while providing life hacks on how to handle burnout, networking, and goal setting. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. Hello, hello, and what is up to Cyber Chicks? Erica, I still feel, feels a little strange saying that. What do you think? Still getting used to it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I am so into it. I'm loving the new logo, loving the new vibe. I do. Chicks. What up? What is up, family and community? We are thrilled, as always, that you're tuning in with us today. Today's guest has such a super dynamic story coming from an abusive orphanage home to teaching coding to college kids at the age of 13. Daniel Hall has 45 years of experience in the technology field, and we are thrilled. Dan, we are thrilled to have you on the show today. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Are you? How are you feeling? Are you ready for this? Ready to go? <laughs> I am ready. I'm so, feeling remarkable. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, you have such a wealth of knowledge, such a very just rich background. I'd love if you could take a few minutes and share that background with our listeners and, and share a little bit about how you got into the space that you're in now. Yeah. You know, growing up in foster care was really traumatic for me before the halls came in and swooped me out of that first foster home. My brothers, there was two, a brother that was younger and a brother that was older, about a year and a half apart. And we were beaten, tied down, verbally abused. Just my, my foster dad would back me into a corner and tell me I was nothing but a piece of, you know what, and I wouldn't amount to anything in life. And, you know, I've had people ask me, you know, do you resent that? Or do you, do you harbor feelings over that? No. I mean, I wouldn't be the man I am today without taking that entire journey that I've taken in my life. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to everybody today without having gone on that journey. So, you know, while I don't see it as a negative for me, I know others would. I, I see it as a catalyst to the man that I've become. And then my the halls came in. You know, it was kind of funny. I was five years old, and I didn't realize I was going to teach myself to self-market myself. But I um, I wanted out of that home, and I whipped it out, and I peed all over the wall. <laughs> so... And they must have thought I needed the most help. So they took me out of that home. They came and got me the next day and they adopted me two years later. I was seven years old. The one thing that my mom learned real quick is that I was a holy terror. And there's nothing that was safe for my temper tantrums. But the one thing that she did do is she found something so incredible for me. And that was a vessel of creativity through software development. She would go to her church functions. This is in Castleton, Vermont. She would go to her church functions and drop me off at the library, the college library. And they, it was open to the public, the computer center, everything. And I would go in there and I would just tinker 
you know, I probably spent about a month just tinkering. One day I came home with this great big stack of green bar paper and she sat down with me and she was just amazed, bored off her butt, but she was amazed at what I had done. And she became my biggest cheerleader, you know, and that was a huge catalyst of positivity for me. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that would become my balance in life. I always thought software development would be my purpose. We have six, we have, I've graduated from the foster care system to being adopted and now a parent dad of six amazing adopted children. And yeah, by the age of 13, I was showing college kids how to do their Cobal and Pascal. And just, I've never looked back through tech. And the one thing that I've I've learned over these 45 years is just the uncanny ability of tech to repeat itself like every 10 years. We go from fat client to thin client to fat client to thin client. So yeah, it's been a ride. It's been a ride. I've met some great people along the way. And I have to say, I know one of these questions coming up is going to be about you know, how I got to where I got, but we're going to save that one. We're going to back backdoor that one and we'll hack into it later. <laughs> oh my gosh, Dan, I think you have such a beautiful story. I definitely think that it came with its own, you know, trials and, and I think that you've overcome it. You have such a beautiful outlook on life. that, And I love how you talked about it in such a positive light of it being a catalyst to, you know, getting you to where you are. And I, I love the way you speak about your mom. I that that's beautiful. And I hope that she's hearing this and she, and she's super, super she's, she's hearing it from up there. So up in she's heaven, always yeah. listening, always yeah. watching, yeah. always protecting. And my wife is so much like her. Oh, so much like her. She's I just love to hear that. Yeah. Well, Dan, you, I mean, man, you wear so many hats. You're a father of six, you're a husband, you've been a programmer, you're a published author, movie producer, you're so involved in the foster community. I mean, just a quick glance, you've won so many accolades. I mean, there's just so many recognitions of you even on on LinkedIn, just in a quick, quick search, you can find, you know, the impact that you've had in the community, which is amazing. You've been a CEO, a CTO. I mean, there's just so many titles I can, I can name off, right? What are these the top skills or what are the the defining moments and things that have helped to shape you that you can see that kind of cross over to all of these different titles? It's not going to be a title. It's not going to be a technical skill. It's not going to be, I have a son who's autistic. And I think one thing that he's taught me over my career, and it wasn't intentional, but my gosh, he's so authentic. And I think it's that authenticity He'll go up to a person and that person could be having the worst day of their life. And he'll look at them. We were in the restaurant the other day and he'll look at them. And he looked at this waitress and he said, you're so beautiful. Just so genuine, right from the heart. You're just so beautiful. And I thought she was going to cry. And, you know, I've learned from all my children that kindness should never, ever, ever have return value. And it made me look at my entire career. And those times that were my most successful times is when I was serving people, helping them, not looking the times that 
were really learning curves for me was when I was looking for something that something in return and it just was never there. And if you look at your career and you look back at those times that you've been successful, that kindness is always going to be part of that equation. So it's not that I've really brought 45 years of technical experience to the table. It's not that I've hacked into clubhouse. I think the most amazing skill is the ability to learn to reciprocate kindness. I see a comment about unconditional love and yes, that is it. And it's listening with more than just your ears, even in tech, even in any type of business, you know, listening and leading with your heart, listening to other people, looking at their body language. It's just having an open mind to really focus and listen and lead into that kindness. So, I mean, that's it for me. This is, that is what has got me to where I am today. Mm. Tim, we've talked about this. The You and I actually talked about the unconditional love portion because we had similar backgrounds in certain ways. And for me, it was learning that I could be loved without a condition behind it because I didn't know that. Not even until probably about four or five years ago that I could just be loved for myself or whatever that, whatever I present and bring to the table that day, I can be loved. And I love, like, you are so authentic. It's from the day one that I've met you. You're extremely authentic. You put it all out there. And it, I feel like we need more of that in just in the world as a whole. Like you bring a cup that's like flowing over with just <laughs> like that. Cause we've just talked. a big size cup. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Big, large cup. It says size matters. And you, you show this even in your sh- social media posts, like you're not afraid of stepping out and sharing your background and you can see it on your LinkedIn, your LinkedIn, it has a unique flair to it. You even mentioned your foster background. And mm-hmm. I'm curious on how you're, and you're also extremely successful in what you do in all aspects, things that you touch, you develop and you create, they, they come to fruition. They, and yes, you fail. We all fail, but you, you always seem to be pushing forward. And I'm curious how your, how your social media presence and the, and how you've put yourself out there, how does that impact your successes? Has that helped you? Has it helped you foster more relationships, better relationships? One of the things that I hate is when people pitch me, except for Jason Hill, he did it right. Yeah, Jason is the founder of OWL. And, you know, that I hate when people pitch. So one of the things that I tell people when I connect with them is that I will never, ever solicit you. And, you know, you can take my, I always say, you know, here's about me in five seconds. And that's really the entire attention span that you're going to get. Somebody's going to glance at that. They're going to read it. And it's about an 80 to 85% connecting factor for me is just taking the time to deliver a short message in five seconds. And once you get people to connect, they start engaging in your content and it usually takes them a month or two. I'm not in any hurry. Great relationships aren't built overnight and I've got no reason to solicit anything. If people are interested, they'll they'll come to me, they'll gravitate towards it. I, I think the overall factor is just, I'm not selling anything. I'm actually you know, my my hashtag is brand, B-R-A-A-N-D. 
be real authentic and never duplicate. So be yourself. And that includes, you know, my story. It includes sharing posts about some posts about my, our, our children that show people that leadership starts at home. You know, there's no better place for your children to learn, you know, how to cheerlead, how to lose and win at the same time. There's no better place to do that. And that's really what I try to give back to the world is taking what I've learned through all my successes and and my journey and my failures and just helping people understand that you can get past that. There's a post that I do every once in a while, maybe a couple times a year, and it has a plate of dirty dishes. It's just a picture of dirty dishes. And I challenge anybody that's in sales to sell it to me. What's the opportunity? You know, because salespeople say, I can turn anything into an opportunity. I'll get no response. And my response to that is, well, if I sit there and I take care of those dishes, that's saving mama five to 10 minutes of her time out of her day. When you can take and save your spouse that much time, that is priceless. That's the sell. And it's just so simple. If you can save people time, that's what we're all trying to do, right? So it's just, I'm, I'm not really selling anything. I'm just, just being myself and putting it out there and, and sharing kindness with the world. Dan, yeah, I can, I can just feel the authenticity. And I think since day one, I think you sent me a similar message. And, and mm-hmm. to me, I, I personally love receiving those, those types of connection requests because it's not just a, I'm just going to add you because I saw you on LinkedIn and say, hey, let's make a connection. Let's, you know, this is my background. And, and you, I think you said something along those lines, just like, hey, here's my bio in two seconds. And, you know, it made an impact on me. And you yeah. click, the, click the button. I'm like, let's check out Dan and let's see what he's all about, which I think that that's, a, that's wonderful. So you, you brought up learning from, you know, the challenges and the failures, which I think in my mind, when you were talking, and this entire time, I've been thinking resilience. I mean, I mm-hmm. think you're somebody who's likely overcome a lot more than majority of people, you know, in different ways. You've had your own obstacles to endure and overcome. And I want to kind of just dive into how do you keep such a positive mindset and radiate so much kindness? You know, what is what do you continue to go back on? You think of a time where, you know, you've you were facing maybe some some darkness and how you overcame that the challenge or the failure. Yeah, yeah. When when my wife, Tina, asked me to, you know, she's are you interested in fostering and adopting? Oh hell no. I don't want to have a parent child like I was growing up. <laughs> no, wasn't gonna do it. But she just has this amazing way of reaching into your soul and just finding the best parts of you and capitalizing on those. She took and helped me rebuild my relationship to my dad. And, you know, this is my adopted dad who I called up when I was 40 years old. And I said, dad, I'm so sorry. I thought you were a hard ass on me all this time, you know, cause I just didn't get it. It took me 40 years to realize that they were just trying to give me structure. They were trying to give me the best life that they could. And, you know, by repairing that relationship and going into fostering and adopting children, I finally saw myself through 
our children's eyes for the first time. And I could see all the lying, the stealing, the hoarding of food. It was right there in front of me. And that was the kind of the pivotal moment of, okay, that's why I didn't give, didn't give a poop or crap about anybody up until about 15 years ago. It's not that I didn't care. It's I didn't know how to internally process anything. And you saw me get worked up about Parker, who's my our autistic son, just because he's so authentic. And he doesn't, he has no filter. And kudos to him. You know, we are at Chick-fil-A the other day, and he's like, why did it take so long? And the lady's like, I'm so sorry. It was like my wife put the mobile order in, and he's like, what took you so long? Why you take so long? You know, and he was just, my wife didn't correct him. He was getting getting the feels out. And she's taught, she's just amazing. She is the pivotal reason why I have, you know, got past where I was and why I decided to write my epitaph last year, which was, here lies a man that learned to reciprocate kindness by failing often. And when you begin with the in mind, like Stephen Covey says, you, know, you go through your entire career thinking about, okay, what's the end result of this project? What are the goals? And it just hit me, you know, I'm not, I'm not really looking at what my goal is for, you know, when the sun sets on my life, how do I want to be remembered? And that's what drives me. That's what, you know, it's just some things aren't worth it. They aren't worth it. And oh my gosh, I'm being, I'm getting, I'm getting worked up. This is so inspirational. Let me, let me ask you, Dan. So I'm, I'm kind of, you, you've kind of answered the next question that I had, which was around, you know, what, what was the motivating factor for, you know, becoming a published author and doing everything that you do, right? And it seems like at the core of it, it's it, part of its family. It's the people that you love. It's the reflection that you're seeing in this mirror that they've kind of created for you, right? And then how you want to be remembered, which I think is just so, so powerful. Thinking about, you know, all of the things that you've accomplished in, you know, the years that you've been in, in the industry, let's just say it that way. What have been some of your, your favorite pieces that you've either published or produced? Do you have one that comes to mind for your project? It's a, you know, if I'm going to go back to even wiping out tech, it's our amazing children. It's just, you know, we talk about hacking and life hacks are some of the most amazing things when you finally understand, and I'll go back to the tech side of this, but when you finally get somebody or you understand how they think and how they act and whether they're tired or hangry, it's just the most amazing feeling to be able to solve that problem. And that solving of that problem is just something that has driven me my entire career. It's just to figure stuff out. Probably, you know, hacking Clubhouse was cool, you know, and but to me it was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Or creating, helping create when web services first came out, helping to get Boeing and Airbus and Goodrich Corporation connected so we could calculate the mean time between failure of Goodrich parts on their planes. That was that was probably the most fascinating project that I had worked on. And now, you know, I, I go back to just trying to reciprocate kindness in the LinkedIn community. 
and I was working with Brian Schulman, who's considered the godfather of LinkedIn video. And they were looking for a way to look at their audience data, and they couldn't figure out how to do that on LinkedIn. You had to sit there and scroll through comments and comments and load more and load previous and load comments and comments. I'm just getting tired thinking about it. So it dawned on me that I could develop software to actually help people take any of their video or their posts and convert them into like an Excel spreadsheet. So that's probably one one project that's been the most impactful. And it, again, it's leading with kindness. Nobody paid me money to do that. Nobody, there was no budget. It just, whenever I had extra time, you know, I knew how to get at the data. It's just, okay, how do I get this out to people where everybody can use it? Most everybody has Excel or they can upload an Excel spreadsheet into Google Sheets. So, you know, without, I think that one's probably the most amazing one that I have right now without dropping any names about what it is. If people want to find out more about it, I'm sure they can scour my LinkedIn. Yeah, it's a really great app or tool tool that you created. And we've talked about it. That actually, it segues really well into one of the questions that I had for you, because you've got a lot of things going on, shared a couple of things that you're doing with me. And I love all the projects that you've got going on. Are there any projects that you're working on right now that you can share with the listeners? That would be awesome. But if you say no, that's okay. Yeah, I'm actually doing special effects for a movie called Talents of the Phoenix. Oh, that's so cool. And producer is Darren Archer, who was the steward on Air Force One in the House of Cards with Kevin Spacey. He's a good friend of mine. And we've been doing stuff together since 2012. And we're we're just in post. We just started post. So I got to get my butt moving on some of these effects. We're going to have like a a dog opening scene is a U-boat sinking one of the Liberty ships. So I've got a, you know, somebody said like, why do you like doing that? I said, I like to blow shit up. (laughs) You know, I get to blow stuff up. So (laughs) but virtually, yeah. So that's kind of the, the cool bright brain type of project. And then again, you know, what we talked about LinkedIn, that's awesome too. Two of the big projects that I have working on and continually learning about life hacks with my wife. So exciting, Dan. So if our listeners are wanting to learn more about you, what is the best place to send them? LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm not an Instagram guy. I've got a Facebook account. I'm hardly ever on there. Most of my time is on LinkedIn. Okay. All right. Well, Dan, thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a fun and inspirational episode. Thank you for sharing and opening up with us. I appreciate it. You ladies are are so remarkable. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Two Cyber Chicks Podcast with Erica and Jax. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.